Well, I'll tell you what would go wrong. MG doesn't turn up. Lazy bastard. He is, of course, uh, having a great time with his family over there in the West uh, watching the UFC. Uh, a bit of controversy. We'll get to that later. Hello, Kat. Hello. Good morning. Good to see you. And joining us, uh, filling the giant shoes of MG is Merrick today. How are you, Merrick? Great to be back, Mick. It's uh, familiar studios and a familiar stomping ground, so it's good to be here filling in some massive, massive shoes. It's got a whiff of Merrick about When I came in, I went, mm. Mm. <sighs> What's that? Because I could whiff. And you the... thought it was a dead possum that got into the <laughs> ceiling space. And they go, no, it's Merrick. He's here. Hey, um, welcome back to Triple M, of course. Great so to you've, uh, like me, they, they can't get rid of us. Uh, yep. We just refuse to go. You, yep. uh, tell me about your weekend. What did you do? What did you get up to? Mate, I was in uh, Tassie for the weekend down in Launceston there. I follow you on Instagram, and I was I was horrified to learn that you'd had a big night and then got up and ran 5Ks in the morning. Oh, Why mate. would you do that? Because, you know, like sometimes when you've had too many drinks, you think you've got good ideas. You know, that, that's happened That's happened a few times in human history. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I'd had a couple of drinks, and I spoke to uh, the notorious Tommy Little. Right. And uh, we were having some drinks, and we said, let's go for a run tomorrow because we'll, we'll you know what we'll do? We'll just sweat this out because no one's ever thought about doing that before. Yeah. We'll run this out of us tomorrow. That's the worst idea I've ever heard, by oh. the way. So we started in a place called Cataract Gorge, for anybody who's been there, it's, it's just a mountain. It's just mountains. No warm-up, no water, cranking hangovers. And we said, yeah. let's start with a really steep ascent up some stairs. Yes. And, uh, I mean, the only thing we could have added to it was smoking. And we thought about it. <laughs> well, thought about it. I was going to take up smoking just to add, the, you know, get the whole compliment. There's a marathon runner who smokes while he uh, runs a marathon. Yeah. So, you know, those tables where you get a drink, he has a... He's a dart. They, they give him a dart, and he smokes a dart. He's he's from China. Won't oh, come wow. as any surprise. No, where I believe it's mandatory smoking from the age of about three. So he so he does that. And then there's <laughs> another guy we're hoping to interview on the front bar uh, soon who ran a marathon in thongs. Oh wow! In thongs. I seriously, I can barely get from the car to the sand with thongs. thongs. <laughs> I, as soon as I come across a step, I knack. I don't own thongs. I don't. I, I have a pair of flip flops. I can't do thongs. Why? What's your beef with oh, thongs? That's no, un Australian, by the way. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's a hate crime, if anything. <laughs> was there? Was there an incident, or you just? I just can't. I just can't coordinate them properly. You don't know how to wear them. Yeah, it's. it's you know what I'm like. It's. A, I've got the same problem with high heels. And I'm, oh. I'm not afraid. I can't, I can't do it. I just, I've tried and I've tried <laughs> and I've tried. They're just no good for me. What would be harder than running a marathon in thongs? Flippers. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Flippers. <laughs> flippers. <laughs> I just, <laughs> if that was an Olympic event, I would watch it. Flippers are great because you see people, and we've all done it, where you just go, I've only got a metre and a half before I'm in the water, so I'm not going to walk backwards. I'm going to go forwards. It's only a metre and a half, and yet I'm still going to knock my teeth out on the side of a boat. <laughs> you know what would be good? If you're allowed in a triathlon, you are allowed to use flippers, but if you use them in the water, you had to use them in the run. Oh, yeah. So you're going to get an advantage for one leg. Yep. Boy, you're going to look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And you're already, you're already disadvantaged on the bike too because you're wearing Speedos on that seat. And that's just, that's uh, asking that's, for that's, trouble, that's, isn't it? That's begging for it. Why, <laughs> day? That would never have happened. Right now you're listening to Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M Sydney. No MG today. He's off having some family time in Perth. So we had the very funny Merrick Watts come and fill in his shoes today. We heard about some absolute stinker days you've all had on the job. And one member of this team, Mick, some of the ultimate stuff-ups he's had while interviewing very high-profile people during his career. We will play it for you shortly. Enjoy. I'm, I'm fascinated with Bondi Boy. 
Mary. I've heard about this story. You know, you know what I'm talking mm. about. Mm. It's a great name, Bondi boy. It yeah. sounds like a really like a young superhero wearing thongs and maybe a flag as a cape. Who knows? A 12 year old entrepreneur has returned to Coogee after a desperate fight to stop his much loved store from being shut down. Are you aware of the story? He set up a stall. Uh, everyone loved it. He was selling everything from dog treats to uh, sunscreen, mm-hmm. uh, all this stuff. Uh, two locals complained. You can imagine what they looked like. Oh, elderly just woman, the worst. grey hair, sensible haircut. Yeah, just somebody who looks like a human handbag. <laughs> yeah, man with a sweater draped around his neck. Mm. Uh, two complaints, and the joint's been shut down. Went to council. Council said, "No, you need insurance. What are you insurance for? Like, what you're selling your bad dog treat." I don't know. He's come out swinging though. Have we got some audio from from Bondi Boy, which is Jesse Lane. Um, I'm nearly 12. Two old ladies complained to the council, and then I applied for a permit, but then was rejected. And so I appealed to the council with a petition of over 8,300 signatures to keep my shop open, and I gave that to them. And they said, while the appeal is processing, you can't do your shop in the park, but you can do it somewhere else if it's like much, much smaller. There's cold drinks, icy poles, dog treats, sun cream, air guard. I'm just saving up for something in the future, like university or a car. So. Yeah, sounds like a bit of a pain in the ass now. I think about it. <laughs> I just point out a couple of things here. Number one, shouldn't we be encouraging anybody in Bondi to be selling something other than bags? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that. Whatever. I like too, it. it sounds like he's on him because he's like that kid's pretty. He's pretty rapid, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's come to fight. He's, he's he's thumping the table. He's a young table thumper. That kid. Uh, he's a go getter though, and he could be into anything. Personally, I'm not don't completely trust him. It could be a touch of the Melissa Caddicks about this one. You know, yeah. when he grows up. <laughs> Just... See his foot washed up on a <laughs> on a beach somewhere. You're always worried about what I said. <laughs> I, I do take my hat off to this kid for a bit of. Yeah, you know, the, most of the locals love it. They yeah, love his. Yeah, they absolutely. love his stall. They buy his stuff. Yeah, any kid is getting out of the house and's not not on the iPad or, or playing the Xbox. He's doing a good thing. He's a young entrepreneur. He probably will go on. Yeah, and make more money than all of us combined. And I think it's great too. He's a young kid who you know obviously comes from a um, a difficult background. You can yep. hear by that private school education. <laughs> Um, that is so obviously Bondi. Uh, and, you know, obviously, you know, he wants to save up, obviously, for his third investment home. That's and right. And I think that that's great that he's doing that. Good on him. He's already into negative gearing, this kid. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I do like kids who have an entrepreneurial streak. One of my favorite stories ever is a young girl in America. So girl guides have to sell off their, their cookies. It's the thing they've done forever. Mm-hmm. So they have to get, they get a, a big parcel of cookies. They have to sell them off. It usually takes them months. Mm. This girl set up her stall out the front of a medical marijuana distribution center. Oh, genius. And got everyone coming out uh, with pot, and she sold. They bought the lot within about two hours. So smart. And I go, that girl... Hire that girl. Is that the funniest, smartest thing you've is, ever seen? Is she the one who invented, like, mull cookies, pot cookies? Because she, she's just gone, you know what? I mean, <laughs> let's just cut out the middleman. Imagine the Girl Scout, just, girl Scout pots, just, pot cookies. They yeah, would sell out. Oh, they would sell out. Well, just door to door. Absolutely. Yeah. This would be a good one for us. What are your first job? Your mm. very first job. Do you remember your first job, Kat? I do. I was working at the markets in Manly, scooping noodles into Tupperware, 
and giving it to people. That was my whole job. I had to fill it to the brim and then hand it over, and people were so rude. And, what, and, what, what was this in Manly? Whereabouts? Yeah, it, this was about, like, right on the course of the East Hill Manly yeah. Noodle Market. This oh, okay, was about the market. 20 something years ago. Yeah. And that was my first job as, you know, like a 16. Uh, and, and look at you now, you've come yeah. down to this. <laughs> That. You could have moved up and been working at the stain, but no, you can't. <laughs> no. Tash, yeah, I know you. You would have been a straighty 180 little girl, and you would have been out of the blocks very quickly. What was your first job? First job grew up in Mudgee in country New South Wales. Okay. There was a local shop called Fossies, which is kind of like Target. Fossies, it was a Target-style yeah. chain store. Yeah. Yeah. In Mudgee? Yes. Well, your first job would have been to just not get pregnant as a teenager, wouldn't it? <laughs> Oh, look, I'm sorry. Hang on. I don't know what the boundaries are for radio. Like, I've been don't away for a while. throw shade no, at me. Allowed. You can't wear thongs. True. Uh, true. Anyway, oh, so I was at Fossies. <laughs> and then my sister used to play with me because I'm not good at math. So she used to come in and purchase something that was discounted and I'd have to work out the price percentage off that price and then give her the change. And then she'd give me a note. So then I'd have to, before calculators. What? So- you so, go. You go out the back before calculators. <laughs> Wouldn't you have an abacus? <laughs> You'd have to go out in the back room, and it would be like the, a beautiful mind. She'd have everything <laughs> up on the walls. And here we are. Oh, no, this, is, this is before texters. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about first jobs. My first job was a uh, night. I was stacking shelves, uh, night crew at Safeway while I was still at school. I go to school, huh. come home, and then about four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon, I go down and stack the shelves. Finish about four in the morning, go home, change, and then go to school. That's amazing. I loved it. But my favourite night, and because you're in there on your own and you play music, and me, I was surrounded by adults, and I thought, this is the best job ever. And the first day ever, a non-alcoholic beer rocked up. I had to set a big pyramid of, like a display of non-alcoholic beers. And the guys bet me how, it was it's like about 0.001 or something percent. Yep. And I said, how, how many drinks I could drink to get drunk? <laughs> By the time the sun came up, I drank 286 cans <laughs> of this beer. And the pyramid hadn't been built and there was a big stack of empty beer cans on the ground. But God, it was fun. What about you, Mick? I um, I was just like classic going mow the, the neighbour's lawns. I worked for the Leg family. Because I wouldn't work for my own, so right. I um I started mowing lawns and I still I loved it. I started work pretty young. I think it was about thirteen or something like that. And I went and mowed lawns for the neighbours, and and well, that was how I just did odd jobs. And what I would typically do is I'd I'd get there and work really really hard intensely, and then the family would go out for the day, and then as soon as the car would roll out of the driveway, I just go and have a sleep somewhere. <laughs> And we get paid in advance. Yeah, you ask absolutely. For, for money in advance and, and then take a long time to finish the job. Yeah, and they come back and they go, why did you mow your name into our lawn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a teenager. Hey, Mark's on the line. Mark, what was your first job? Well, let me paint the picture first. I'm at school. I'm 16 years of old, mm-hmm. six years of age. Yep. And I have need to, need to earn enough money to go to the pub on Friday, Friday nights. Yeah. Because how old are so, you again? I'm 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all making sense. Yeah. And so I've decided I'm, I'm going to run a book. What so kind I of book? Became... Oh, you're a bookie. You're a bookie. Yeah. Yeah. I became the school bookmaker. That's fantastic. Uh, they would have loved we'll that. Bet... And we are betting on, on uh, NRL or the rugby league at the time. And did you make some cash? I made some cash. All right. All and right. More, well... than, more than enough to go to the pub. And now you're on the board of Racing New South Wales. So it's, I think that's a fantastic thing. Thank you very much, Stu Peter Volandis. We'll give you some call. Thanks for calling in, Peter. <laughs>
<laughs> Mark's on the line. Mark, uh, what was your first job? G'day, guys. When I was growing up, the Boy Scouts used to have what's called Bobber Job Week. Yep. Yeah, that's and right. For, for a week of the year, uh, the Boy Scouts would go around and earn money for the Boy Scouts. Well, I, the ingenious idea, me and a mate snowdropped two Boy Scout shirts, and we recruited uh, five, six, seven-year-olds that were roaming the area. And for that week, we went out and done jobs pretending to be Boy Scouts. We'd give the young guys five bucks each for lollies. We've done that for three years running, oh, made average $200 and never got caught. That's wow. amazing, Mark. Yeah. Number one, thanks for mentioning the term bobber job in reference to the scouts, which is always a terrifying term. I'm not going to lie. It gives me shingles. Um, that's one part. But also, too, I like the fact that they've actually employed. So they're stimulating the economy. They're stimulating the economy. Running a little sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> Owen, can we get Owen in here? I just heard that one of the guys who works on the show here, one of our producers, May have had an interesting first job. Here he comes. Owen, what was it? Can you tell us what it was you did for your first job? Uh, yeah, so I worked at a bakery, and my job was to dress up as a piece of bread and walk around the shopping centre. You must have been a <laughs> terrible baker. I was. Yeah. I'm going to say whole meal. Were you whole meal or were you sourdough? Yeah, I was actually Or, or could you decide on the day? There was a bit of seeds on the, t- on the front there. Okay. And it was impossible to see out. So I would knock, constantly be knocking children over because there was, <laughs> you couldn't actually see out of the eyes. Right. How did you not get arrested? I know. Just going around, just knocking children over at a shopping centre, dressed as a piece of bread, and nobody's gone, I reckon we should have a chat to that bloke. That's it. I did get out of there quite quickly. What about a hot dog? Could you go as a hot dog one day, or was there... Have you ever been in one of those costumes? They are... Oh, uh, disgusting. They have got to be... Get them down to forensics yeah. as well. So. <laughs> do not, do not you, touch it with a black light. Did you get... <laughs> did, you, did you get into character for bread? What would you do? How would you... Oh, you know, How would you interpret uh, you your know. doughy-like yeah. role? It's hard to get back into there, you know, just have, have a bit of fun and be fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, both you and the bread are a bit yeasty. <laughs> in America, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Hello, Merrick Watts. Do you fill in today for MG? Uh, this is the biggest day in the sporting calendar in America, bar mm-hmm. none. It's massive. And here in Australia, Merrick, it's a... Just the only day you can get drunk on a Monday. Yeah. And, be and write, yourself absolute, off. write yourself off on a Monday morning. If, if only they could combine this day, back it up with like um, St. Patrick's Day on the Tuesday. Tuesday. You could really have a long, <laughs> hard weekend, couldn't you? Like, it's two things you just go, this is culturally nothing to do, do with, with me. Us. I care very, very little. But is there some drinking to be done? Done. Let's, like, let's start at nine. Sign me up. But uh, do, you, do you do anything specific for... Monday for Super Bowl. You're a no, Super Bowl fan. No. Do, do you know who's even in it? No. Oh, well, I know who's in it because it's written on a piece of paper in front of me. Um, but <laughs> typically, I don't. I don't go. For, oh, like I, I might watch it or something like that. But I'm I'm kind of passive. Do you have a about team? It. I think no, no, because I'm. You know what? I, I discovered probably when I was about sixteen or seventeen that I'm Australian. And um, so therefore, I don't care. <laughs> you don't care. I care because, as you, you pointed out, there's alcohol involved, and you're usually eating some really fatty foods. Um, boy, I'd hate to be a plumber tomorrow. There's going to be that many. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mentioned if it was the backup with St. Patrick's Day after all that Guinness. Oh, Just, dear, no, thank you. You'd have to give that a good five minutes before you entered. You know what I? Yeah, the food. It's my ambition one day to eat, eat one of those. You know those nacho hats. Oh yeah. You know you have yep. a, a nacho hats made out of corn chip. Yeah. And then you you break a bit off and then dip it in the top. 
It's so good. You eat your own hat. And who says the Americans are bad? I mean, <laughs> seriously, what's what's the alternative in Russia? What sort of hat have you got that you can eat there? Yeah, it would be fur. one of those big furry ones. Big fur hats. Yeah, it's got to be, <laughs> be cheese not... sauce everywhere. <laughs> I'd, I'd have a Jamiroquai hat. Who's <laughs> <laughs> big hats? Imagine, imagine a Jamiroquai corn chip nacho hat. hat. I'm going to market those. So it's a huge day, huge day also for the halftime entertainment. Mm. Rihanna, I know you're a huge fan. What's yep. your favourite song, Rihanna? Uh, um, the, uh, dance. Dancing. Dance one. <laughs> Dance, 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 dance. dance. By dance. Is that your favourite song? Don't stop. I don't stop dancing. Don't, my favourite songs are Don't Stop, Dance, 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 and Me Now, Look at Me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rihanna, she's supposed to be joined by some friends. Kat, who are they? We, I, we have no idea. I don't think it's been announced. I what? think it's a surprise. You know, it'd be great at a halftime entertainment at Super Bowl. What? Kevin Bloody Wilson. Oh. Written in the back of the year. Hey. That would stop a nation. <laughs> Absolutely. Would stop a nation. Start um, a war as well, but I mean, it's stop a nation. Where we, where's it being played this year? Uh, you know what? It is in Arizona. Arizona? It? It's in Arizona, well yes. Well done. And they've got a 94-year-old greenkeeper, is that what I hear? Yeah. The, the guy looks after the grass. He's done it for every single uh, Super Bowl. He's 94. Yeah. Can we have a listen to him? Yes, we can. Well, I'm here to give the players the best possible condition to play on a safe playing field and then some. We have to have good grass. And I believe the grass we have here today uh, is the second best grass we had for 57 Super Bowls, even if it's getting beat pretty good by the halftime show practices. We spend hours with uh, brushes, brushing it up to bring the leaves to stand up again. 94. Yeah. You think he's on the grass. That didn't yeah, sound... He's not sure what kind of grass he's... When they, when he second got, best grass, yeah. Apart from the one I'm taking, <laughs> <laughs> I think he means. Who are you going for? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to back the uh, the Eagles in here. Yeah, yeah I've been Eagles. following their form over the last seasons, yeah. and um, they've been good. They've been very good. Who they roll the over the in the? Who they roll over in the semis? Yeah, uh, <laughs> bloody mortal enemies is who they roll. <laughs> Rolled them good. It was good. I love that. It was run. Philadelphia Eagles saved. We have to because our boy, Mileta, is it? Is in it? Yep. Jordan. Jordan Mileta. Yeah, he's a Sydney boy. He's a Sydney boy. He's playing. He's a massive unit. He's a massive unit. And he walks out on the ground barefoot uh, before each game, walks across the ground and kind yeah. of soaks it up through his feet, and then he goes out and plays. So he's got a, a bit of a tradition. So he'll, before before the game, he'll he'll walk out on onto the pitch. Yeah. I do that here on the carpet at Triple M. Before <laughs> oh, I wouldn't before do that. Every, before every I wouldn't <laughs> well, that's how, that's how you get tinier. <laughs> it's well, Merrick and Mick in the morning for yeah. this particular morning, and it's time for Shark Talk. Yeah, I had a bit of an incident uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mick. I live in Maroubra. Yep. And uh, our, Boy Country. I'm, yeah, I'm learning all the local yep. stuff, and I, that's what I associate. I'm trying to learn suburbs and associate them with stuff. Is that a good one for me? Absolutely, that's a great, great one. Yeah. Unfortunately, I uh, just recently got a neck tattoo. Uh, got the wrong postcode. Uh, I th- <laughs> I could have sworn it was two oh eight five. It's two oh three five. Two oh three five. Idiot. Idiot. Uh, and also, too, I can't surf, so not a very good bra. Okay. Um, but I went for a swim um, down sure. at the bra, uh, at the north end there, and uh, had a bit of a terrifying incident because I was probably, I was, uh, to be fair, I was probably a little bit beyond my measure in the water. Yeah. I'd gone out a bit far. I was probably just above my waist and uh, had my snorkel and flippers <laughs> on and my floaties. And uh, yes. I, looked, 
I was standing there, Mick, and I looked down and I've seen a shadowy figure. Okay. And I've just gone, oh, no. And it wouldn't have been from you to me away, like literally. Oh, my God. A, a meter it's away. It's not a dolphin. No. No, no, no. It's no. the grey man in the yep. suit. No. Nah, exactly. Is that what they call it? Yeah, the grey man in the suit. And I went, that is a shark, 100%. 100%. I saw it move and I saw its, it's tail. terrifying. Oh, absolutely. Terrified me. And I, I was petrified and I um I almost I almost did a little bit of squid ink in the in the water too which was because I was, I was I don't like sharks you deployed the squid ink yeah and what's what's interesting too is I'd had a few barocas that morning after a big night and I nearly um I nearly created a fluorescent mess there it was uh it was not it was not good I was, almost went um so this is terrifying what do you do it's like it's not like a bear attack you don't just stand there still do you is it Oh, no, I panicked and screamed. Panicked and yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like Honestly, like an 11-year-old girl. Did someone come screaming. to your rescue? How did all this work itself out? Yeah, there was a bloke next to me, a local guy who's got real tattoos, and uh, he just <laughs> said, um, yeah, relax, mate, that's a, a wobbygong. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And he goes, that is literally the smallest, most uh, toothless um, shark in the planet, on the planet, and uh, you've just you've made a mess of yourself. It's like a grey midget in a suit. <laughs> Not the man. <laughs> It's, it's like, it's like mini-me. So, and in fact, you can't even punch it in the nose. No, it doesn't without, have one. Without people going, it's still lay off the wobby-gong. Poor wobby-gong. <laughs> Mate, why would you punch a wobby-gong? I know. And I, I, like, I was gonna. I was so close to just yelling out shark because I wanted to be that guy no, who'd yell no. out shark. You should have yelled out wobby-gong. Wobby-gong. <laughs> and everyone goes, what? You're going to Wollongong? No. <laughs> no, it's far less dangerous. Far less dangerous than going to Wollongong. Uh, we're all terrified at the idea of being approached by a shark. I know these surfers who go out surfing, and what they do, if they see a shark, so it's their favourite surf break, and they'll be, say, there'll be four of them surfing, and they see a shark, what they do is they ring their mates to come down. So now there's 12 of them in the water, oh, which smart. makes their chances of being taken by the shark less. Mm. Personally, mm. I would get out of the water. That's one, that's one option. <laughs> I've got, I've got I would have thought that was the, but that was that's how they deal with the shark in the water. There's a there's a better way. I reckon there's a third option there where everybody wins. What you do is you get in contact with at least six people that you're not really friends with, that you don't really <laughs> like. Maybe you've had a falling out. You get them down there. You so don't tell them there's a shark. In no, no, no. You don't tell them there's a shark there. And you say, look, I think it's time to um, mend bridges here. And they go, great. Let's let's do that with a swim. They get in the water. Then you just give one of them a tiny little nick. Just get a knife and just just cut them at the back of the leg. I'll meet you out there in five. Yeah. And then you go out there, go have a swim, and then just get a little cut on the leg and just go, there you go, human shield. So it looks like a proper shark. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll grant you that. I mean, it's 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 a shark, but the same size as a shovel, and shovels are terrifying on their own. I mean, because they I won't go near one in no, the back garden. Well, they remind people like yourself and I like of work. Of work. Which is, <laughs> Give a wide like breath. a shark. Avoid it. You know what I do cost. if I see a shovel? I punch it in the shovel bit. <laughs> Now, did you remember Mick Fanning punched that famously punched that mm. shark? Yep. And then I tell you this: I was watching that live. I was up and I was watching it was Paper in South view. Africa and I was watching the whole the surf thing. I'm going, what was what was incredible was you could see him panic, you can see the, the water erupt, and then in the foreground a big wave came up. So for about five, six seconds, it was obliterated, and you knew he was being attacked. The wave came up, and then before the wave dropped, you go, Is he gonna be there? Is he yep. not gonna be mm. there? Uh, he was there. Because he punched a shark in the face. It's, to me, there's nothing more Australian than punching a shark in the <laughs> face. If you, there should be a march for you one day if you've punched a shark yep. in the face. On the other hand, if you're a shark, 
that's a bad day at the office. Oh, yeah. You have to go back and tell the other sharks. I go, what happened? They go, oh, well, he punched me in the face. Well, <laughs> you, know, you go, yeah, you've had a shocker, mate. Yeah. You're <laughs> supposed to. Did you take it? Did you take a leg off? Did you no, do it? I didn't. Why? Well, he punched me. Yeah. Did you fight back? Oh, my arms don't work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't have arms. Well, how do you think those sharks? Well, you know, you ever see like there's people on boats, and they might be. It's usually like a marine biologist, like yeah. an expert, and they make the sharks go tonic. The term is tonic, where they just touch them on the snout, and the you know the, uh, the sensory part of their nose makes them go nine eyes. Imagine that you so, are it's like a hypnotizing great a shark. Yeah, yeah. It's like hypnotizing a chicken, but a shark, and they just rub the front of their nose there, and it's so oversensitized that mm. they. They just go, oh, I have a little bit of a nod now, and they go back to sleep. How do you reckon those sharks feel? I don't know. They'd be embarrassed. Is it, does that help you sleep? I Would you so. do that to me before bed <laughs> tonight? <laughs> I'll tell you this. I, the story that made me upset was there was an Englishman who came out here and was attacked by a shark, and he punched a shark, and I go, don't come to our country and punch our sharks mm. in the face. Mm. You don't see me going to England and punching a halibut no. in the head. <laughs> How are we going to talk about a brewery tour you yeah. went on? I can't wait to get to that. In the meantime, though, we're going to talk about a guy who's had a very bad day at the office. Uh, this is Aussie valet driver uh, from Perth Crown who smashed two Lamborghinis owned by the same man, uh, Lawrence Escalante. Uh, he's had a day. He's had a shocker, uh, this valet driver. As a valet driver, you can't do worse than crash one Lamborghini into another Lamborghini. Mm. Uh especially owned by the one bloke. He's not going to be happy when you hand that token back. Yeah, first of all, what's the bloke doing with two cars there? How'd you get there, mate? Well, I mean, seriously. Who you, knows you, what he's doing? Did you drive one, then get an Uber back and go and get the other one? Well, I don't know. <laughs> he's got a convoy. He's got a... It's interesting. Well, well, it's not the bit I'm fixating on. No, it's a bit... But I do see where <laughs> you're going with that. Yeah. Why has he got... Mm. Why does he need two Lamborghinis? Mm. He's got like he's a loan of Lamborghini. Maybe he anticipated this. Uh, have we got some audio of the? Uh, this is just after two the valets crashed the Lamborghini into yeah, the other Lamborghini. This is bystanders watching this happen. Bro, look at this bloke. No way. What are you doing, bro? Rip the off. What are you doing in the car, mate? He moved it forward. He moved it right in his rear. Look at these blokes in Perth. Can't park there, bro. <laughs> As I said, I don't think you could have a worse day. Uh, you come home. How's your day, honey? Oh, you're not going to believe it. Yeah. I've crashed one Lamborghini into another Lamborghini. Yeah. I I it couldn't be worse. Normally, it's like, oh, I've just scratched the rims a little bit. I've, I've destroyed two Lamborghinis. <laughs> okay. All right. You win. Here's out a shocker. Have you had a bad day at the office? One, triple, three, five, three. I have. I remember once I was doing a radio interview with Barry Williams who played Greg Brady from the Brady Bunch. Yep. But through the entire interview, I called him Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's really good, Greg. So, you know, and tell me, what was your favourite episode, Greg? Yeah. And do you ever catch up with other guys, Greg? And at the end, he goes, man, it's Barry. I'm Barry Williams. I go, oh. <laughs> but you'll always be Greg to me. You'll always be Greg to me. Have you had a shocker? You had a bad day at the office? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, right now, uh, as one of them. Um, <laughs> Agreeing to come on this just, program. Yeah, just seeing how this pans out. This is the radio equivalent this of smashing be... one Lamborghini into another Lamborghini <laughs> right now. Two fast movers head on. Yeah, all right. What about you, Tash? Have you? I've had many bad days. It were probably more bad days at home. Mm-hmm. Once when the kids were really little, yeah, I was rushing inside, doing lots of bits and pieces. The next door neighbour comes over and knocks on the door and said, do you own a whatever car? Yes, it's in our front garden. 
So I'd forgotten to put it in park oh, and yeah. it rolled yeah. over. Drunk again. Mum's just had a little shard uh, here. I'd had a 11 a.m. shard, also, also, if we couldn't take her kids out of the back of that car, <laughs> we'd been in there for a couple of hours. So, kids, oh, you know, sorry. Can... I had a few drinks at the casino and I uh, forgot the kids were in the back of the car. Can I tell you what? Uh, this is a story a friend of mine. Rosie works on this show, told me. Uh, a vet, you know, is a vet who put down the wrong dog. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now that's terrible. But imagine the repercussions of that. Uh, all right, Mrs. Jenkins, I just oh. need to know how attached were you to Rusty? <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you had a bad day at the office? One, triple, three, five, three. We've all fessed up. You, Natasha Belling, you told us a story about, you know, nearly killing your children at home in a car accident. But. What about in the workplace, please? Look, once we were reading a news bulletin and there was a sports story and I said cockless pair rather than coxless, you mm. know, for rowing. That's Freudian mm. for you. Mm. <laughs> it's very easy I, to I would do. have blamed that on the auto care. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't work under these conditions. It's <laughs> my fault. It was a women's rowing, though, so fair. <laughs> Accurate. Well done. Good reporting. If anything, Walkley Award winning, I would say. Indeed. Well done. Whatever happened to Lay Down Sally? Remember Lay Down Sally? Oh, yeah. What a great That's Australian was, sporting hero. Yeah. That was when rowing is at its zenith. I think oh. we've all dropped off rowing since then. Now imagine being part of it. She's had a shocker. There's these are bad. Somebody's, <laughs> yep. somebody's had a shocker in the workplace. Yep. Lay down Sally in the eights. Yep. In the That's eights. Right. And so she's trained with seven others. And about halfway, she's going, nah. She's just combining her two loves, which was sport and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it one there. Kat, what's yours, please? I was at home sitting there and I had a couple of flatmates and in comes one of um, the boyfriends of the flatmate into straight into the apartment, didn't say anything, opens our fridge, grabs one of my beers, opens it, sits down on the couch and I was like, are you all right? He was a surgeon and he said I was, you know, operating on this guy. He needed to have a vertebrae removed. And so I said, Okay. And he said the um, surgical nurse had put the X-ray upside down, which oh, let's not blame her. God. He's taken out the wrong vertebrae because they've counted down from the top. And he's had to explain to him when he woke up, we've taken out the right vertebrae, but we've mm. also taken out the wrong vertebrae. So you are now about an inch shorter. Can for I the say rest something? Of your life. That patient would see the funny side. I doubt it. No. <laughs> no. Grant Denny's got a very good sense of humour. A very good sense of humour. Is he shorter now? He's an inch short. So that was the only repercussion was that he was going to be an inch shorter for the rest of his life, but he'd still be filthy. Well, um, at least he wasn't removing a testicle. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We're removing the bad one. You no. got the good one. Excuse me. Now I've got to get the – what happens with the bad one? Uh, Chris is on the we've, line. We've removed the wrong fallopian tube. What? <laughs> we got Chris on the line. Yeah. Chris. Uh, hello, Mick. Hello, mate. Uh, what was the bad day at the office, please? Uh, I was also watching Mick Fanning that morning when he had a bad day at the office when yep. the shark attacked him. But there was a postscript to that story. When yep. everyone had cleared the water and the TV had interviewed him and everything, suddenly everyone remembered the photographer was still in the water <laughs> half an hour after it <laughs> with the shark and his camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would have got good shots of being... <laughs> Eaten by a shark, no doubt. Um, what have you got there, Kat? I've got something when you were interviewing Jared uh, Hayne. What happened okay, here? Okay, so oh. I'm out, now listen to me. This is, I can't believe you're going to play this. Yeah. I was over in America. Remember when uh, Jared Hayne was playing for, was it San Francisco? 49ers. I think, uh, 49ers. Yep. He was playing in New York. He was playing in a game at MetLife Stadium. 
Hover along to interview him in the rooms after the the game after the game. And look, let's just say I'd had a couple because I'd been to a tailgate party prior to the game. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if I was going to get in there or not. I'm in the change rooms immediately after the game. The team's getting uh, unraving. And I may, may or may not have had all my facts together. I'm Craig Wing. Kicks to Jared Hayne. Uh, receive. That's uh, Australian to A's. Australian in the NFL. You mean, you mean, you mean Brad Wing? Brad Wing. <laughs> Sometimes What's this? From Brad Wing. From Brad Wing to Jared Hayne. First time ever. Aussie to Aussie in the NFL. Yeah. How's that? No one ever knew that was going to happen. Um, well, it's it's the second time. Um, Barry, Barry did it at Pittsburgh. So oh, he's, 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 I've done my research. <laughs> done your research, mate. You're on fire. But, um, <laughs> oh, but, uh, oh, it started with the car crash and ended with one. I, I was distracted by all the massive penises. <laughs> uh, it was hard to concentrate. And so now you've gone and found, what have you found? Yeah. That this so, is, oh my God, now, I, I know what you're sitting on. I haven't heard this, but they've said that Mick won't want you to play this. What, this give is me, me context, what is it? Okay, I'm, I was interviewing Olivia Newton-John. Oh, and, this could only and, and go the, well. And the cast member who played Kanicki was in hospital and he wasn't in good shape. And uh, I may have gone early, I don't know. Can we have a listen to yes, that? Yes, we can. You lost a cast member this week, did you, from Greece? Jeff? Jeff, yeah. I don't know that it has he oh, passed so, away. Oh, pardon me. I may have gone. Oh, well, no, he, too, I know he's very uh, he's unwell. Very he's very ill. Sorry, he's pardon very, me. No, he was oh, married to my sister and she's been in there and he's not doing very well. Okay, no, sorry to hear sad. that. <laughs> in, in my defence, I broke the story and was, I was ultimately proved right. So, <laughs> it's nothing like being ahead of the trend. Right. I mean, look at that, Natasha Belling. That's how you break a story. You break it before it actually happens. <laughs> uh, there's another bloke here on the network, Luke Boner, who's contributed brilliantly in this department over the years. There's, we have we have a number to choose from, but this is one of the all-time classics from Luke. Uh, doing the overnight shift, and he was uh, was during the World Cup. And he was clearly... Uh, watching the telly, when he was listening to a particularly heartfelt story from a listener. I went through um, a house fire and um, it was in a commission house and I'd reported the smoke alarms not working and it took a fire and now I'm 80% burnt all over my body. I was in a coma for 11 days um, to Heathkit. Just just wait there, just wait wait there a second, Tracy. Uh, Belgium has just scored this audio (laughs) thanks to SBS. <laughs> okay. That's a little something to cheer you up on the way home. Valentine's Day, a big day for couples yep. uh, around the country. I need to know, you're married, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you got planned? Oh. Do you go out of your way? Is this a special night? I Is... do. I do. I, I go out of my way. In fact, I go out of um, all of our way. I actually leave uh, Sydney <laughs> and go for a drive, uh, usually up the central coast. <laughs> Uh, Why are you doing I visit that? friends. I visit friends and uh, and hang out and just kind of get away. Because um, you're not into, you're not a romantic. No, you? no. I've done. I've done. You don't like being told when to do it. Oh, number one, I don't like being told what to do. Mm. Um, number two, I've actually managed to convince my wife that it's it's just a promotional activity. That it's you know Corporate the narrative. Yeah, exactly. And not to be part of it. Slowly, slowly. I've wanted, it's a Jedi mind trick that I use. <laughs> I said Valentine's Day is not real. Valentine's Day is not real. It's just a corporate funny thing. It's just a corporate funny thing. Bang. So now, now I don't have to. She doesn't expect anything. Yeah. Look, to be honest, she hasn't expected anything since we've been married. So, yeah, sure. um, uh, all right. I thought you might have made a special effort, but uh, no, obviously no, you're no. jaded. 
You're over it. Uh, it's just another day at the office for you. I Beware, guys. The partner who goes, no, no, you don't need to do anything. It's not that special. And oh. then you go, okay, yeah, no worries. Then you don't do anything. And oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You're full, full. That is just understand you're being set up. Yeah. That's that's like when, when your girlfriend or partner says, no, no, you do what you think is right. Mm. Oh. And, that, and, and you're wrong there. That. Is going to be trouble for you down the track. Uh, here's an interesting development. For the first time ever, uh, it seems to be women are buying bouquets of flowers for blokes. Oh, yeah. Have you? No, oh, now you're interested, aren't you? <laughs> well, now, I mean, now all of a sudden you feel like I deserve it. That's all. <laughs> Valentine's Day. A new trend is blossoming in Australia with more men receiving flowers than ever before. Aptly dubbed the bloquette, red roses and native flowers are the most popular pick of the bunch. How do you feel about receiving flowers on? Uh, I have been given flowers a couple of times um, by women, and on every single occasion, I've thought to myself, "This woman is unhinged, <laughs> completely unhinged." And you know what? Nine times out of ten, which is actually two out of two, I was right. You're right. You're one hundred percent right. <laughs> Utterly unhinged. Do you like cat? Do you like some flowers? Or... I love. Fl- I would love to get flowers. Just a mental note out there. Gents, I would love. swing by the cemetery. On the way home, <laughs> and you are in. I would have taken servo. <laughs> you have a live show called Grapes and Mirth where you go to wineries. Yep. Which I know is one of your favourite things in the world. Yep. And uh, entertain people from said winery. Yep. While you're drinking and enjoying drinking wine. The grape. Mm. So, congratulations to you and well played. Uh, however, you've taken it to next level, and recently you were on. A brewery tour. Yeah. I, I need to know about this. Well, I did some stuff with, with Lion, who's obviously one of the major brewers in Australia. Sure. And, um, Furphy, uh, great beer. Yeah, Furphy's excellent. Furphy like is Furfy. a top drop. Legit. And um, so anyway, I went, uh, I was invited out to the, the Tui's factory at Lincoln. Now, oh, wow. I've, I've been past it before. I've driven past it heaps of times. You curb crawling. <laughs> I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed within 500 meters of the Tui's factory. They've warned me. Well, my my uh, my ankle bracelet went off, um, and somebody came and they said, "Merrick, you have to. You know the rules. Um, yeah, yeah. Go back down. Off. Yeah, get back down the highway." So, so what happened? Well, I'd always seen it because it is a huge piece of infrastructure. Yeah, sure. And it, it's always been like anybody who's driven past it, which is many people, know that it's kind of like, you know, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, but it's just made <laughs> yeah, of beer. It's made of beer. It's always like, geez, I wonder what goes on behind there. Like, I mean, I've been to microbreweries before. Yeah, but it's sure. different, with, well, like an iconic brand, but also to a massive facility. Anyway, I went in there and I lost my tiny mind. <laughs> Did you? I, I thought, no, I'll be an adult here. It'll be, I'll be fine. I got there yeah. and I just went, oh my God, this is the greatest place on earth. And I was just asking, all of the questions. What do you put in there? How does that work? What's that hose doing? They go, that's Can a I taste that? Can I taste <laughs> that? Um, was it like the opening credits of Laverne and Shirley? I, do, do you have T.O.? Oh, you yeah, remember yeah, Laverne yes, I do. and Shirley? They were, you yeah. know, Milwaukee Brewery and yep. they had a, like a forklift right. and they were driving around and waving and I just, that's how I imagine yeah. you. Inside yeah. a, a bit. That's, oh, I went full Laverne. A hundred percent crazy Laverne on it. And but, did they let you take some away with you, or do you get a show bag at the end? You get a show you, bag. You, you get a hat, and you know you get a couple of little beers and stuff like that. That's great as well. But I was not allowed to touch a single thing. Like there was. <laughs> I hope you had it on. Oh, yeah, the hairnet on. I went to go and touch one of the vats where, you know, like you can feel the brew going on. It's hot. Yeah. It warms up. And they said, don't don't touch anything. And I said, what? Do you always have to tell people not to touch this? And they said, no, 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 no. Just you. It's just you. <laughs> I'll be sitting in that vat 
in my speedos like it was a hot tub. Going, ah, me more. New to Sydney Breakfast, it's Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M and I think we are all waiting with bated breath after 10 o'clock this morning to turn on our TVs and watch the Super Bowl, which I think we've suddenly gotten more involvement in in the last couple of years in Australia. There's Aussies in it. Come on. Yeah, Here exactly. we go. It is sensational. got a dog in the fight. Yeah, and they estimate, can you believe this, that 100 million people are going to tune in and everyone tunes in also for the halftime entertainment. The cost of running an ad during that Game is extraordinary, but viewership. Any good hunt- ads this year? Any good ads? I don't know. They usually drop them on. Well, it's set to kick off in a couple of hours our time, so usually mm. they'll then play the ads. But viewership of the halftime entertainment is set to soar by sixty percent, and the halftime entertainment this year is Rihanna. Yes. Who what I about the ads? Love. What about the ads? I don't have any information on the ads. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm more interested in the ads than Rihanna. Are you? You know what I've heard? What? No crypto ads this year. Oh. Remember last year, everyone was doing crypto and Matt Damon, and apparently it's a little uh, little touchy now. Mm. Off the nose. People the are nose. losing a lot of money. But do go on if you have to talk about the halftime show. Well, the halftime <laughs> entertainment, on average, wait for this, 120 footballs are used during the game. What? And yet, yeah, 120 footballs are used. And also, they do not pay, which I didn't know this, the halftime entertainment are not paid a cent. They play, pay for their production costs and expenses, but as a star, you are not paid to perform. Why would you do it? Exposure on the international Rihanna? stage. The weekend put $20 million worth of his own money into his production because he wanted it to look good. Really? No, I'm lying. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes, it's, well, it, no, it, may, it may have even been more, but he wanted—he he understood the window of opportunity that it gives you, and went, "I'm, uh, I'm going all in." On so, the international stage. Rihanna, would you be happy if you were going and it was Rihanna? No. What's she going to do? Sing "Umbrella" ten times. <laughs> well, Beyonce was outstanding. Do you remember Beyonce? I think we've got yeah, some audio she of was her. That's a good voice. I'll have to put this out there. I went to a Rihanna show. Voice, not like that. Ooh. Wow. Jeez, that's a slag. <laughs> no. Oh, they, might, they might take her off the halftime. <laughs> hear this. That's review. Support right. McCartney. Great audio when he was the halftime entertainer. You feel the pain, oh. Raul. <laughs> that's terrible. What? what? Put the guitar away. Do you remember Prince, no. Mick? He yes, actually Prince was performed good. and he performed Purple Rain when there was actually a thunderstorm on stage. Wow. Y'all want to sing tonight? Come on. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, that was great. How good is that? Yeah, halftime entertainment and kicking off what ten a.m. our time in Australia. Yeah, just she's got 10. special guests. Who are her special guests? <laughs> I don't know. You are supposed to be an investigative journalist, <laughs> and you can't give me a name. MGs, that's where he is. He's not in WA. He's over, ready to perform <laughs> halftime at the Super Bowl. Oh, 
pay to watch that. And I know how you spent your weekend uh, on the couch uh, with the nachos watching Maths, your new favourite program, which I asked you to watch and you went, please, please let me. I and not. you've fallen for it, haven't you? Well, I adamantly was against watching it. Now I'm invested. I've gotten, I've gotten to know the couples. And Good Lord. A friend of do, mine. Do you secretly love Harrison? Uh, no, no, I don't. Would no, you sleep with Harrison? I would, but I wouldn't get attached. <laughs> wow. You couldn't Correct get answer. attached. He actually, in this episode Tash, last night. Tash, you, you're, you're a Harrison man. Look, I had to watch it for work purposes, and I just thought that he was classically gaslighting his um, wife, wife, partner. They've been yeah. married, aren't they? Completely gaslighting him. But then secret audio was leaked that she was playing the game as well. The problem that I've got with reality shows is they're not reality shows anymore because everyone's playing a game. Yeah, exactly. Well, what I loved about last night's episode is Harrison exposed the fact that the day that he was packing to go on the experiment, this ex-girlfriend yes. was with him helping him pack his bags. And so that what? got revealed on the show and they went, well, you're not taking this experiment seriously. His um, ex-girlfriend or his girlfriend at the time? His girlfriend at the time that he was dragging along. Like she, he, he clearly, he told her he was going on the show, but he clearly hadn't broken it off with her. But aren't so you he's putting it about a bit, isn't he? He is. You're going on the show to find love. So in exactly. and that's what the defence, has he not found love with his ex-partner and wants to find true love? No, you don't go on the show then. Okay. Yeah. We just want people to throw drinks at the dinner party, <laughs> exactly. all right? Let's not overanalyze exactly. this stuff. <laughs> no. Come on. I want to see some furniture tipped over. I want to see someone storm out. You'll love <laughs> this one. So there's I a couple. want to see some boobs out. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of that, trust me. You can, you can do that in the episode alone. But there's a, couple, there's a couple I love, Josh and Melissa. Melissa's a real hornbag, and Josh is... Uh, a little more reserved, and right. so he's had to call her out on her sexual um, objectifying for him. This is what they had to say at um, the commitment ceremony. Moving forward, I'd have set some new boundaries, just for Josh and I, just to get to know each other a little bit more. I've just taken sex off the table. Yeah, that, that's been my ongoing concern, that um, I just don't want to turn into a sexual object. The task yesterday where we talked about first impressions. The wedding videos that played were, were very different. I talked about a feeling and about the aspect of turning around and having an instant connection, whereas Mel's video didn't touch on that. She references that I look like Thor and that she hopes that I have Thor's hammer. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. That is the saddest man in the history of the world. What? No, get him off. Just producers should just come in and go, mate, you're out. You tap tap him on the shoulder, you're done. This <laughs> is problem, mate. He rocked oh. up on their wedding night in Toy Story pajamas, and she was in lingerie. Sorry, what? <laughs> oh, he's got some issues. Hasn't he? All right, unreal. Loving it. Oh God, I could go on, but we could be here all day. So I'll do another. I've had enough. I, I reckon you would have. I actually have too. <laughs> you know, I love Tush. doing a deep dive, Mick. Don't yep. you? Uh, what have you done this time? I thought of you straight away when I saw this story. A new what study has shown that men manage to find time for themselves. They can rack up seven hours spent in a bathroom in a year 
for some peace and quiet. I think it would have to be more than seven hours a year. I could do that in a day. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that's, that's easy peasy. Come on. Uh, it is quiet time. Is and it? a man needs time to reflect. Reflect think what? On the day, what's going on. <laughs> a little privacy. We're islands. What we do like you mean to, by islands? Well, you know, we're mysterious. Are you? We have a border. You told me something the other day. I was doing house inspections and Mick yeah. said to me, can I come and, you know, help you maybe do a dummy bit at the auction? And then he told me he actually in inspections goes and does a dump in the toilet of the inspection I houses. I have used the toilet at an open for inspection and I've drunk out of the fridge as well. Were you the bidder on the property and you wanted to nah. drive down the price? <laughs> hey, let's just have a look around. Actually, if you can do you know that and I mean? clear out the auction for me, just do your best work. <laughs> There's also a controversial topic. We had once a tradie come over to our house and he asked to use the bathroom and he was in there for 40 minutes. Jesus. Is was he a plumber? A... Was he fixing it? Like, no, he wasn't That's the only plumber. reason to be in there for 40 minutes. And it was the height of the COVID pandemic, and I just don't think that's okay to do that. You don't, can't use someone else's bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, I'm a bit uh, democratic when it comes to people's bathrooms. Look, did he shut the door? <laughs> if, he, if he shut the door, that's manners. Yes, he did, but 40 minutes. Was he just thinking a lot, was he? Did he have reading material? I think he used his phone. That's not good either, by the way. <laughs> And I don't know how many phone calls I've made from the toot. Oh. It's like the office. It's like the office. Call waiting. Hang on, I've got something on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> seven hours is... Eight, now, listen, seven hours is not an issue, right? Seven hours a year... I think it's got to be more uh, than that. I, yeah, I would say this would be a week for some dudes. Yes. All right, well, I need to go now. Always <laughs> talk. I've got to go. Nick Malloy, MG in the morning.